fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Welcome to Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. H. It is great to be here with you, y'all. I hope you're having a great day wherever you may be. I hope the sun is shining on your face and prosperity and goodwill and love have found you. Folks, um, we've been having some incredible conversations this week. Uh, You know, I got to tell you, big shout out to Dr. Stella Emanuel, Um, and uh, she invited me to, to come on. Uh, a space that she did on on Twitter, and there was a couple thousand people in there, and uh, Dr. Richard Urso, Dr. Uh, Lynn Finn, and uh, um, Dr. Kat Lindley, um, you know, just a whole bunch of good folks, you know, talking. It was just a wonderful experience of just people who genuinely are trying to help out, trying to figure out this greatest problem that has ever been posed to to human biology. You know, we're trying to find solutions. You know, we didn't create the problem, but we're trying to to fix it, right? Help fix it. Um, It was just wonderful to be in a conversation like that, you know, free flowing back and forth, what we're seeing out there that's working, um, what the literature is suggesting can, can be helpful, things like that. And, uh, you know, it just inspired me. A lot of, you know, I, I work very closely with people who are severely injured. It's, it's my life's calling. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we're doing because we get to learn so much so quickly working with people who are the most severely injured. And uh, I can tell you um, it's a privilege and an honor to always work with them. I can also tell you I'll never reveal their names, um, but if they want to share um, what their experiences are with me, they can. Um, but it's just not my place to do so, you know? So when I get, a, I get a lot of questions from, to me, are you working with this person? Are you working with, it's like, I'm never going to tell you who I'm working with. But what I, I, I wanted to say was that we have a lot of people doing a lot of really great work. We have a lot of uh, people doing very selfless work out there. Dr. Ryan Cole was on as well. Um, got to chat with him. Always a cool, a cool dude. The, the thing that is really important in my opinion, is that we collaborate, that we bring into this, not our egos, not the need to be right. One of the worst things that we can bring into a conversation, like I need to be right. And therefore you need to be wrong, you know, kind of nonsense, but really an open mind, an open heart into the conversation and saying, you know, with humility, I don't know everything. There's entire libraries filled with information that I don't know, and I'll never have time uh, to to read. So there's an implicit humility that we have to bring into this process of saying, look, I don't know. But I do know that there are solutions. And I do know the body is designed to handle this. Um, and I believe in my heart, things like autophagocytosis, fasting um, are key. So in, in uh, one of the segments today, we're going to be discussing the difference between three-day clinical fasting, and I'm going to share some resources with you, especially in the show notes. 
Uh, we're going to compare three days or 72 hour clinical fasting. Some people will call it extended fasting uh, with intermittent fasting. So we're going to, we're going to sh- compare those two because there's, there's some very important differences between the two that I want you to, to know about. I practice bro- both. I practice intermittent fasting every day, usually about 16 hours. I make sure I'm hungry before I eat every day, uh, which I think is a really great habit to get into. And we covered with the series that I did with Malcolm uh, on the, uh, we think we did eight or nine shows on, um, you know, taking back control of your life. Uh, you know, so it's, it's phenomenal, but we also can't kid ourselves that it's going to get it done. All right. Because we have to be really, we have to be knowledgeable about where DNA repair is occurring and, and, you know, how long it takes for the cell to get into DNA repair based upon what we know in the peer reviewed literature and what we're seeing clinically. So I'm going to share that with you uh, today um, in hopes that you get interested in fasting as a skill set and a therapeutic that you can learn. We're, we're, actually taking at the Energetic Health Institute uh, right now, we're taking roughly about 70 people through the first stage of the healing process. And we're going to help them. Um, we're going to teach them how to, for the folks that want to experience it, we're going to teach them how to fast as well. And so that what we're teaching people is how to acquire skill sets that they can use at their discretion um, for their benefit, right? Uh, and, and that takes understanding what's going on at the cell level. That takes understanding what nutrients are doing what at the cell level, what the mechanism of action is, what the intended outcome is. Um, and of course, you know, doing this uh, with students who want to learn these skills and doing this with students who um, can choose to, you know, use these skills at their discretion or not. And of course, always under safe. And we always, of course, ask people to you know, check in with their, you know, their, their health team and uh, make sure that everybody's on board. You know, we don't want folks just jumping. And I've seen a lot of that the last couple of years where you hear the next great thing and everybody wants to go try that one thing. And I want to get this point across to you all. There is no such thing as a magic wand in this scenario. There is no such thing as a magic bullet. There is no such thing as this one product is going to change everything. We keep hearing a lot of like methylene blue now, right? What we do see is that people jump from one product to another product, to another product, to another product all the time. And they're taking very, uh, in in my opinion, a, a panicked approach to something that needs to be very pragmatic, very logical and um, especially at the outset, very supervised, especially when there's severe symptomatology going on. So to that end, what I want to share with you today in today's episode is uh, I'm going to share with you the enhanced elemental diet uh, that I've designed uh, that has been working to help stabilize people who are severely injured. Um, the idea being that if it can work for people who are severely injured, it'll work for people who are moderately injured or just want to be able to um, you know, prevent some things going on. We also are going to talk, like I said, about um, the difference. We're going to talk about autophagocytosis and DNA repair today, but we're going to talk about it not in terms of, um, you know, hey, intermittent fasting is going to get you everywhere you need to go. It won't. All right. I want to be really clear with that with everyone, right? So I hear a lot of people talking about intermittent fasting and it's like, if you, you think intermittent fasting is going to be enough to reverse genetic modification, you don't understand the cell. You don't understand the nucleus, you don't understand what's going on. And that's okay to not understand some things. We have to learn, we have to get better. I'm not saying that to judge people or pound my chest. I'm just saying that to say, let's understand 
how your body's designed to heal and work within how it's designed to heal to optimize, to maximize, to energize that process so that your body can heal. So I'm going to share with you some thought processes today. I've shared these in, in videos, uh, in presentations I've done recently in Sedona um, and at the Path Forward Conference and, and uh, with the Canadian COVID Care Alliance and with uh, CHD Arizona. I've done some talks based upon this. And I think it's uh, more than appropriate to start sharing this and start having this larger discussion because I'm going to tell you, I never in my life thought that we would start having global discussions about the importance of fasting, right? It seemed to be something, this crucial therapeutic, potentially the best therapeutic out there, period. It, it looked like it was falling to the wayside, but now people are interested in it. So let's learn about it, right? Um, I'm always going to be talking about nutrition, right? <laughs> you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, I um, uh, I've been working with nutrition for over 24 years. I've worked with thousands and thousands of. At this point, we're in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people. Um, uh, I'm sure it's it's in the millions uh, of people that I've worked with and not worked with, but shared information um, from the heart for their betterment um, regarding nutrition. Uh, I feel like I can hold my own with anybody when it comes to nutrition in a clinical setting anywhere in the world. You know, now I don't go out there and brag and boast and all that stuff. But um, when I do see a lot of um, MDs talking about nutrition, I get really excited because they realize that they didn't get a lot of it in their um, curricula in their previous education. And so what, what they're telling you is they're doing extra work, that they're studying this as a therapeutic, you know, and that's where I really applaud them. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be in conversations, you know, uh, with them so that if there are places I can help accelerate that learning, I can. And, and if there are some places where their research has shown up something that I wasn't aware of, I get to benefit from it as well. And then everybody we talk to gets to benefit. So that's, that's really what this is all about. Uh, so I just, I really had a great time um, on that Twitter space. You know, it's like if if you stay out of that news feed in Twitter and you stay off of your comments, you can actually enjoy Twitter um, and maybe use it for some good. So that's what I've been doing uh, with it, and it's it's been really really fun. Um, you know, we are doing everything we can to help to be a part of this solution, right? To be you know in a very solution oriented mentality. So I know there's a lot of people out there suffering, and I just want to say that you know my heart goes out to you, my heart goes out to your loved ones, and uh, you know there's a lot of folks like me that are out there who are doing this for the right reasons, because I know another big problem is well who do I trust now? You know who do I trust? Who do I trust? I'm going to tell you this: in this day and age, you trust yourself. You trust yourself that you are going to be able to figure out who is trustworthy and who isn't. You trust yourself that you are going to be figure out who's in this for their own ego or their own financial gain or their own fame and who's in this because they really care about you. And I think that's an implicit trust that you're going to have to develop for the rest of your life. And it's a good skill to have as well. So when we come back, we're going to come back with uh, talking about the enhanced elemental diet. Um, and I'm going to share with you kind of the development of it and what it is and, and you know, now and uh, some of the good results we're seeing with it. Uh, what I'm also going to come back in the, in the closing segment is we're going to talk about autophagocytosis fasting, and we're going to talk about the differences between, um, peak autophagocytosis, um, and DNA repair and intermittent fasting. We're going to be, make sure we make that distinction so that there's no illusions about what's going on. 
Uh, and I'll probably talk a little bit during that segment about why I think one of my earlier designs on the healing process for people who were infected by SARS-CoV-2 uh, was, was really effective and why I'm looking at it again as a model for working with people who are severely injured. So I hope this is interesting for you. I hope uh, you get a chance to learn a lot here uh, and I hope we get to dispel some of the myths, answer some of the questions and uh, give you some information that's gonna be really, really productive for you here on Energetic Health Radio. So we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. We encourage you to check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. You will be very, very happy you did. We have great programs on holistic nutrition, great programs on detoxification, great programs on the art of cellular healing. We even have programs in how to use uh, cannabis and make sure it's medicinal because it's not supposed to be smoked. And we have great coursework also on vaccine education for moms that are very concerned, dads that are very concerned, and professionals too. So check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org. You'll be very happy you did, and we would love to welcome you into our growing family. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. All right. Welcome back, uh, folks. <clears throat> One of the things that, uh, you know, we do when we're, we're practicing medicine and, and keep bear, make no mistake, it's a practice, right? It's not an absolute. Is that we are solving problems, which means we have to understand really what the problem is. Sometimes they're obvious, sometimes they're not. Well, in working with, um, you know, in working with a patient who is severely injured, we had a, a really big issue. You know, she she couldn't swallow. You know, the damage from the shots um, had, or they should say, the shot. Uh, the damage from the shot had led to her inability to swallow. Every time she attempted to swallow, um, she would regurgitate. All right. And when she regurgitates, um, you know, then you can't get food down. So uh, her, the medical team that was working with her before I came on the scene uh, had to use a NG tube, which is a, you know, a little tube that goes down one nostril, down the throat, into the stomach to bypass the swallowing 
mechanism, the swallowing mechanism being governed by the autonomic or of AKA automatic nervous system. Well, this is what we call a dysautonomia, meaning that there's uh, something going on where the neurologic communication that governs the autonomic functions of the body are being thrown off. And that can be a sign of a lot of different things, can be a sign of, of pollution, just damage to the neuron, uh, or it can be even a sign of, uh, of poisoning, right? And that's really where I'm leading to more now these days, that the spike glycoprotein is an intentional poisoning um, and a composite of many other um, proteins that have similar destructive action on the body. Now, the first problem that we had that we had to really solve was how to get nutrition into this patient's body. And so I said, well, you know, she was on a, a, a feeding tube. She's on a, you know, a, with a pump in there, you know, they were basically giving her, you know, all day long, 24 hours a day, she's getting like some drip, drip, drip of some calories. And the result of that was it, it, you know, the, not only was the, what was being pumped through the, the feeding tube, not high quality um, and not in therapeutic range in terms of nutrient needs for that patient. But it was also because of the constant dripping 24 hours a day, it was, even though she was only getting like about 900 calories for the day, she was putting on a lot of weight. Now that's crazy. Okay. Cause I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that on 900 calories a day, even if it was administered 20 over a period of 24 hours consistently, that it would lead to that, but that's what happens. So the body needs to have time to be hungry. And that was a clear example of it. So we adjusted the schedule, got it, the, the calorie time down to eight hours a day and something magical started happening. Weight started dropping off. And so what does that tell us? That tells us that there are things within the body that are functioning correctly. And that's a really good sign. So I had to design a diet that would be able to go through the feeding tube and still be have therapeutic amounts of these nutrients to help her get stable because um, she was declining rapidly in my professional opinion and, and it was very concerning. Now we did use IV vitamin C every day and to help with hydration and, and make sure that, you know, some of those things are going on and that helped a great deal as well. And more than I think I even appreciate to this day. And I appreciate it a lot, but one of the things that was sustaining because vitamin C alone, isn't going to get it done even in high dose and even intravenously administered, isn't going to get it done. So we have to have some basis of food and that becomes, that becomes a challenge when you can't swallow, right? That means, you know, you got to basically get the food in, in a drip, drip kind of way. Well, I went to, what would we do in an inflammatory bowel state? Because this is where you have people with ulcerative colitis and, you know, and, and things of that nature. And with the ulcerative colitis, you know, the, the challenge is absorption. So uh, thankfully companies have come up with a very absorbable product called a elemental diet. And this is a powder. It's very akin to a um, protein powder with some additional nutrients in it. The key is that all the nutrients are in the most absorbable form. So they're in forms that the body doesn't have to act on enzymatically to break down any further. further. They're already ready to be absorbed into the body. So it's the closest thing. The elemental diet is the closest thing to an IV administration of nutrients that we can get. 
All right. It's like, if you can just get that into the stomach, if you can just get that in to the stomach, it'll move a little bit into the small intestine as well. And absorption through the portal vein is going to be fantastic. And then you get distribution throughout the system, right. Uh, from there. So that, that was the thought process. And thankfully that thought process worked right along the way, we start finding out other things about uh, MTHFR mutations and other patients that I'm working with. And so my opinion today is that people who are severely injured have a MTHFR mutation. That's what I've seen consistently so far in the folks that I've been working with. Um, when a person has an MTHFR mutation, there are several things that are important. Number one, it means that their DNA is typically exposed much more so than a person who doesn't. It's exposed for damage, exposed for genetic modification in this case of people who've gotten the shots. Now, um, when a person has an MTHFR disorder as well, they're going to have a difficult time using one of their eight pathways for detoxification, the methyl pathway. So there's going to be complications uh, for those folks. So a person who is MTHFR um, mutation positive, that person is going to have trouble protecting their DNA from injury, from infection, from modification. That person is going to have trouble using that pathway to detoxify the cell because the methylation is going to be used in both of those places. How interesting that the body uses methylation to not only protect DNA, but also to promote detoxification of the cell. It's pretty wild, you know, and it's a pretty cool design when you get down to it. Well, what that tells us is that we have to have methyl groups in a specific form. We have to have the vitamin B12 in a specific form. We have to have the folate in specific forms. We have to have them in their methylated forms. This is what we learned because I I didn't know that this was a big of a deal um, for this situation. And I had uh, recommended a... Um, a non-methylated form of vitamin B12 and folate for one of my other patients. And when uh, that patient started taking that, they immediately went into regressive symptoms of cognition and things like that. And I was like, oh, whoa. And I don't know how I put those together so quickly. This is the only thing I can say. This is God guiding us, right? God is guiding us at all times. Because I've never really considered or con concerned myself with MTHFR too much. I'm aware of it, but I never really concerned in my practice. But then as soon as I saw that and I, and I saw the video and I was like, oh my God, we got to stop that. We got to change it. And we did. And it rapidly shifted everything. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a big deal. Then we got to make sure we keep the vitamin B12 and the folate in the right forms and the methylated forms. And we have to give people a little bit extra methyl groups, dimethylglycine, trimethylglycine. We have to give them a little extra so that there's a little extra to protect because their body may not be making um, enough methyl groups. Okay. Um, and, and through some of the biochemical pathways where the body can do this. With that being said, you start getting into, and we are probably hearing is a little bit of a nitty gritty going on, right? We, this is, it's not as easy as why don't you just put out a protocol and everybody can follow it. One, people are injured in a variety of different systems Two, not everybody that's injured is injured and modified three, um, you know, this idea that one size fits all is exactly what got us into this mess. We have to get into the mentality of personalization. Yes, there are things we all need. We all need oxygen. We all need water. We all need the you know, base nutrients, the macronutrients to produce energy for the cells to produce energy. And we also need the micronutrients, the vitamins, 
uh, and the minerals that are going to support the energy production process and the detoxification cascades and, and cell communication and cell replication and all these beautiful things. All right. But how much does a person need and what specifically does a person need is not a one size fits all endeavor. And that's where I say, we got to get out of this mentality. You can have a starting point, but then you've got to personalize. And that's what we do. And that's what we teach people how to do for themselves as well, based upon reading their body. And what, what does this sensation mean? What does this feeling mean? And, and what does this mean from a nutritional standpoint, from a therapeutic standpoint? Well, we're at this point where um, we're learning a lot. And this is 2022. We're learning a lot. Very quickly, we're, we are seeing severely injured people getting stable. We're very excited about this because we're using this elemental diet. And so we start enhancing that elemental diet. We start adding things to that, that diet powder, that base powder to get things in the therapeutic range and start saying, okay, well, we need more stuff. Because we noticed early on when we tried to use glutathione too quickly, it was too much on the person and it had a, a negative side effect for them. Now that doesn't mean that it wasn't working. It just means that it was likely working too well. And a person has to get ready to use something like, like, like glutathione because it's so, it can be so potent. So we said, let's slow it down and let's start doing some things. So we added to the uh, elemental diet powder um, enhancements. Uh, we added, um, you know, things like, uh, liquid B complex in therapeutic amounts. We added, um, you know, uh, liquid, uh, vitamin A and vitamin D and vitamin C and, uh, and, uh, vitamin E. We added some trimethyl and dimethyl glycine, you know, and, and we add these a little bit at a time. This is what I take people through the art of cellular healing doing. Uh, we learned ultimately, because we really love John Hewlett's product, the Cardio Miracle for the nitric oxide, but there's a problem of it. And this is where you got to pay attention. There's, there's potentially a problem with just using Cardio Miracle. When you're taking L-arginine into the system, yes, it is fantastic for formation of uh, nitric oxide and dilation of blood vessels. And, and as John uh, Hewlett would describe it, the spark of life. And you can go check out that podcast on there. But still biochemically, L-arginine can lead to the reactivation of latent viruses in the body, most notably things like um, herpes or uh, Epstein-Barr virus or cytomegalovirus. If those are latent in the body, meaning they're just kind of hanging out, but not really doing anything, L-arginine can actually stimulate viral replication. And that's one of my concerns. And we know that people who've gotten the shot that they're expressing more virus and, and uh, re-exacerbation of viral kind of um, uh, uh, infections, right? My, my concern is, and my curiosity, I should say, is, is that because of the shots? And it very well may be. Or is it because of a person is taking a lot of L-arginine in response to shots because that's been the advice going out there and we're not having people taking the counterbalance to that L-lysine, right? Now, whereas L-arginine is going to promote viral replication, okay? And in addition to the other good things that it does do for the body, it does have that one negative drawback. It can promote viral replication. Well, L-lysine, 
is going to do the opposite and counterbalance L-arginine. L-lysine is going to turn off viral replication. And especially when zinc is present. See, that's the thing about nutrition. It's not so easy that anybody who's never studied it can start going out there and talking about it. It takes a lot of study. It takes thousands of hours, folks. I have well over 25,000. God, I'm, I'm probably shortchanging myself. Let's say I've been using nutrition, studying nutrition every year to the tune of at least on average 2,000 hours a year, which is a safe and very low estimate. I am probably in the neighborhood of over 50,000 hours right now of, of study in nutrition. All right. It's not as easy as some people would like it to be. So to think that a person with no educational background in nutrition can just, you know, because they're wearing a white coat, go out there and start talking about nutrition is absurd. All right. It's absolutely absurd. They're not qualified to do it. But there are folks that have taken off their white coats and used to be white coats and are saying, you know what, I'm studying nutrition now a lot and I'm, and I'm finding some things. And those folks, I always give a high five to always, you know, it's like, yes, welcome. And I don't consider them to be white coats. So um, when it comes to L-arginine, we got to make sure that, and we're using L-arginine for nitric oxide production. We have to make sure we're balancing it with L-lysine. We have to make sure we are make that zinc is available for enzymatic activity that's going to help reduce viral replication, okay? There's some nuance to this. And we add these things in one at a time because the cell signaling for people who have been injured by the shots is typically thrown off. When there's a severe, moderate to severe um, injury, the cell signaling, how the cell communicates with, the, with itself and with other cells is thrown off. So we have to introduce these nutrients very slowly so that when we introduce a nutrient, if something's not working, like we found out with glutathione early on, it was too soon that we learn that and we move it to a later exploration with that person. So hopefully that's making sense. There's a logic to this. All right. It's, it's slow. It's tedious. Believe me, I get it, but it's still necessary. And it's necessary because remember the ultimate goal of doing all this, this isn't to reverse anything. This is to stabilize the system. That's what the enhanced elemental diet is all about. That's what nutrients are doing. They're stabilizing the system and stopping the decline. Okay. It's what we do after that. That's going to determine, are we reversing this? Cause I've gotten a whole bunch of morons coming up to me saying that, oh, it's not possible. It's not possible. To reverse it. Really? Really? Nostradamus? Really? I've already proven that it is jerky boy. All right. I've already proven that it is. So don't tell me what is possible and what is impossible, especially when you know, have no medical background. And especially when you've never worked with somebody who's severely injured, don't you dare tell me what is possible and what is not possible. So when you hear people saying that stupid ass shit, and it is stupid ass shit, check them. Ask them a simple question. Do you have a degree? No. Have you ever worked with somebody who's severely injured? No. Then shut up because you're perpetuating a lie. And I know it's not popular because there's some folks on our side, some docs on our side who are saying the same thing. I disagree with them. I love them. I respect them. I admire them. I disagree with them. The human body is capable of reversing genetic modifications. That's why they need you to take so many damn shots. Now, 
Can we get over the stupid conversations, whether viruses exist or whether they don't? Can we get over the stupid conversations? Oh, well, somebody who got the shot is genetically modified forever. Can we get over the stupid conversations and get into the solution? Can we get into the seeking of solutions and helping people, helping people who were lied to, helping people that need us to be at our best right now, helping people that can be added to our team, our growing team of people that are saying no to these tyrants? Because that's what I'm interested in. That's what I do with my life every day. And that's what I will not back down on anyone. If you want to debate me on this genetic modification being permanent, if you want to debate me on any of this stuff, come on to my show, bring me onto your show, and let's get it on. Now, if it's okay, let's crack on a little bit with this enhanced elemental diet. Thank you. I just had to get that out, folks. Uh, I, it, it is fingernails on a chalkboard. I want to shake people who are saying that it's permanent. I want to shake them for this reason. Think about what you are telling somebody who got the damn shot, is hurt, and is scared that they might die any day because of it. You're telling them that there's no hope. So not only did you prevent them from coming to be support for us and making sure this never happens again, but now you put them in a state where maybe hedonism sounds like a pretty good idea. They got nothing to lose. They're going to die anyway, right? It's a terrible thing to tell people, especially because it is false. Now, what else do we do with this enhanced elemental diet? We add enhancements like probiotics with bifidobacterium. High five to Dr. Sabine Hazen and her work. We add um, uh, additional enhancements, ashwagandha, licorice root. High five to Dr. Artis, his great research. You know, if this is what we think it is, and I'm going to tell you, it walks like a duck, talks like a duck. It's a duck where I come from. If this is what we think it is, then ashwagandha and licorice root, we have clinical evidence showing their viability and neutralizing spike glycoprotein. Myomind. Oh, this has been a great formulation. We found natokinase, serapeptase, and catalase, another enzyme you haven't heard a lot about, but you're going to start hearing more about this, I suspect. Catalase is something that was shown in a 2011 study where they modified the spike glycoprotein on um, SARS-CoV-1, and they introduced it to that modified point mutation spike glycoprotein to lab rats, that all the lab rats developed lower limb paralysis and loss of bladder function. Catalase is a, what's called an AMPA antagonist, which helped reverse that. Now, I'm not making any promises. I'm just quoting literature because we go and we do the work. Next enhancement, curcuma, turmeric. Next enhancement, minerals, right? What does the body need? Minerals, zinc, selenium, iodine at the very least, and then some green superfoods. We also talk about getting the pH of the interstitium like Dr. Robert Young talks so much about. We talk about that and getting you know the, the bicarbonate in and when to time it because there's a timing that goes along with all this. It's not that easy. Nutrition is not there. You can't just throw a bunch of nutrients at the cells and see what sticks. You can't do that. Well, you can. It's just a terrible approach. 
it has to be a sequenced approach, not just in what you're doing nutritionally, but how you are putting those nutrients into play. And that's why I encourage everybody to come and learn how to do that. We have a do-it-yourself course on the Art of Cellular Healing, I think is fantastic and you benefit immensely from. We'll put some links in the show notes for you for it, all this stuff, right? Because this is what it comes down to. And there's one final enhancement too, of course, omega-3 fatty acids and a lot more than people think they need. I'm, I'm really using Sun Warriors uh, vegan uh, omega-3 fatty acids a lot now, and I'm taking typically about four times the dose uh, myself. And I'm using that same dosing strategy for people who are injured, especially neurologic injury. But the trick is how do you get this stuff into folks, right? How do you get it into them? And that's where the enhanced elemental diet becomes a way for people to get it into them. Is it cheap? No. Is it, is it, is it, is it nasty? No, <laughs> thankfully it's, but it is something that can help stabilize decline. And that's got to be the for, first role of therapeutic intervention. We're not thinking about detoxifying spike. We're not thinking about, re, um, you know, DNA repair in the first stage. We're thinking about getting people stable so that they feel like they're not going to die. Because I can tell you every day that I'm working out there, at, that is the most common feeling in people is that I feel like I'm going to die and I don't have a plan. I don't know what to do about it. This is what I'm offering, a plan, something that you can do about it and learn these skills so that you can use them at your discretion, right? That's how it's supposed to be. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about autophagocytosis and the difference between extended fasting and intermittent fasting right after these messages, I want to share what we are doing now with you. So you get an idea. There are some folks out there that have put some things together. It's not just shotgun. It's not just the kitchen sink. It's a well-reasoned, well-researched, proven plan for people who need help. A place to begin, a place to go next, and then all of it designed to set up something very important autophagocytosis, and DNA repair, especially for people who are severely injured. So we write back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get into autophagocytosis. All right. I think this is a really important topic. I'll do a whole nother show on detoxification. We've developed an entire detoxification for um, stage two of the healing process. Uh, we've developed an entire detoxification for people for spike glycoprotein detoxification um, that uh, is going to roll out in March of this year. Um, We've been testing it out. We're getting good feedback so far. So it's, it's looking really good. Uh, but with the stage two detoxification, it deserves its own thing because we're talking about P450 cytochromes and all kinds of other really cool stuff. Uh, but as relates to the spike glycoprotein, what we're talking about is, um, you know, is the uh, unbinding of the um, 
spike glycoprotein from the tissues and cell receptors that it's stuck on, uh, neutralizing it once it's released, uh, degrading it once it's neutralized, and then binding it once it's degraded. Uh, so it, we can get it out of the system. There's actually a, there's a specific thought process that goes into it and you have to have, um, you have to have nutraceuticals for each of those things, uh, to, to be able to do that, to get it separated from where it's bound, to neutralize it, to break it down and then to, to bind it up. So it, it doesn't create what's called a Herxheimer reaction. Um, and, you know, just create a worsening of, of symptomatology, right? You have to make things doable. But uh, what I want to talk about today is actually stage three. And I, and I want to take you into this. I, I've been participating in a lot of Twitter spaces. And the feedback that we're getting is that people who are doing extended fasting are getting the best results. And this has been pretty clear um, in, in uh, throughout. So this is to me, it's like, yes, this confirms everything I thought in 2020, things that we were doing in 2020. This is, this is how it should be. So what I had developed in 2020 was a simple, a much easier approach, which was uh, some basic nutrients of, um, uh, of really, you know, nutrients for 11 days, and then you do three days of fasting. So it was, it's 11 days of nutrients, three days of fasting, 11 days of nutrients, three days of fasting, 11 days of nutrients, three days of fasting. And you repeat that process as many times as necessary. Most people uh, were that have reported to me and had success with it have been, uh, took them about two to three cycles of fasting of nutrients and fasting to get where they wanted to go and feel like they had recovered. So that's exciting, right? You're getting some positive feedback and autophagocytosis, which occurs during fasting. Um, uh, looks like it's taking predominance. So let's talk, let me just set this. I'm going to paint a, a word's eye view. If I can, I want you to imagine a picture of a cell. We have the cell membrane. We have the nucleus, and then we have the stuff between the cell membrane and the nucleus, all the other organelles like mitochondria and stuff like that. Well, let's imagine that there's a spike glycoprotein in between the nucleus and the cell membrane. It's within the cell, but it's not in the nucleus. It's just hanging around in that what's called the cytosol. Let's imagine that it's floating around there. We know from the American Heart Association Journal publication, April 2021, uh, we know that that spike protein by itself can injure mitochondria, can inter, injure microtubules that are essential for cell communication and transport uh, of, uh, of nutrients and, and molecules. We know that um, it can injure the cell's ability to act upon and develop the nitric oxide cascade. It's just, it's really a wrecking ball. And that's how I've been describing the spike glycoprotein recently. It's just a wrecking ball in there. So imagine that there's this wrecking ball, the spike glycoprotein, just breaking things down within the cell, right? If it breaks enough things down within the cell, the cell is going to have to make a decision. And that decision is typically going to, typically going to be apoptosis, pre-programmed cell death. The cell's like, I can't do this. So boom, it basically terminates its own life. Now, the cell terminates its own life. Guess what's still floating out and about? that spike glycoprotein. So it becomes a problem outside of the cell now for other cells in that neighborhood. What your body can do when you go into autophagocytosis is your body can wrap a fat bubble. All right. It's basically a lipid fat bubble. That's what an autophagosome is around that spike glycoprotein or anything else that's not supposed to be in the cell for that matter. And when it wraps it around there, it wraps it around it so that it can carry it in within the cell to another organelle called a lysosome. 
Now you want to think of your lysosomes as your stomach acids, right? As that's basically the stomach acids for the, um, for the cell. So when the stomach acids, the lysosomes merge with the autophagosome, the, the fat bubble, whatever's in the fat bubble starts getting broken down, digested. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool process. This happens when you're fasting in every cell of your body. This is the importance of being hungry every day because you get a little bit of this happening when you are hungry every day. That's the benefit for intermittent fasting, that this process is going on where your body is self-eating. That's what autophagocytosis means. But a better description would be self-healing. Your body is designed to heal. So you got to be hungry to, to do this. Now, caveats. If you're taking a proton pump inhibitor, pro proton pump inhibitors will um, decouple, meaning they'll break down the proton pumps in mitochondria. So they prevent energy production. They also are going to prevent lysosomes from having the acids within them, the digestive enzymes within them at the correct pH. So it basically makes your lysosomes not work. So a lot of people who are saying, well, I, I fasted and I, I fasted a little bit, or I fast and do inter intermittent fasting every day, but I take a proton pump inhibitor. Well, if you're taking a proton pump inhibitor, it doesn't matter how much fasting you do. It's not going to work. Okay. Because that key component of breaking down, whatever gets trapped in the fat bubble can't take place. So that's where I tell folks, you got to talk with your um, prescribing doc. You got to uh, first thing I do with patients is I get them off of proton pump inhibitors. I can tell you that right now. I'm not telling you what to do, but I am telling you what I do because those things are deadly. All right. They, to the cell, they throw off so many functions, energy production, lysosomal activity throws off the immune system, uh, immune cells. It's just bad news. Now, when we are talking about autophagocytosis though, there's peak and there's beginning stages. When you're doing intermittent fasting, you're only getting into the beginning stages of autophagocytosis, of self-healing. Now you get a little bit every day. Let's say you get, um, let's say you do 16-hour intermittent fasting like I do every day. Then what that tells me is I'm probably getting in maybe two hours of autophagocytosis at the very entry levels. I'm probably getting in about two hours of it every day. And the, here's the good news that adds up. So over the course of the week, I will have given my body just eating in that kind of um, way in, with intermittent fasting. I will have given my body roughly about 14 hours of very low level autophagocytosis. And that's very healthy long-term. It's a great way to, to maintain your health if you're already there. However, what about the situation where you're not already there? Right? What about the situation where the environment around your cells, the terrain, if you will, is um, polluted, is filled with a bunch of garbage and toxic trash, right? a lot of waste? What happens if inside the cell, it's pretty much the same thing? The environment inside of the cell is just filled with a whole bunch of crap. And what if that cell has been genetically modified and it's producing spike glycoprotein? Well, now you got an extra variable that's really destructive floating around in that cell causing a lot of damage, right? If you're eating all day long, as I alluded to earlier in this episode, if you're eating all day long, you're never hungry. Your body's never getting into even the beginning stages of autophagocytosis. So all that's happening is bioaccumulation of waste in the cell and right outside the cell. And that's 
always going to be a problem. It doesn't matter whether you're dealing with, you know, injuries from the, the damn shots or not. And by the way, that's how I refer to them now, the damn shots. Okay. It doesn't matter because the cellular environment, the terrain is jacked up. All right. Now, am I a viruses don't exist guy? No, it's the dumbest thing people are saying out there right now. Viruses definitely exist. All right. We have too many people that have done too much work for too long. Dr. Judy Mikovits and all at all, Dr. James Lyons, Weiler, Dr. Sin Hangley. I can point and point and point to people who are like, no, they exist. But if we're talking about terrain and terrain theory, yeah, I'm a terrain theory dude. You clean the, you clean the terrain, you clean the environment around the cell, you clean the cell and something magical happens. The cell starts working the way it's supposed to work. Can't do that though with proton pump inhibitors. Can't do that with statin drugs. Can't do that because those shut down energy production. And here's the thing about cleaning up this environment. Keep cleaning up this environment and keeping this environment clean are all energy dependent processes. So if you are turning off the ability to produce energy and you're making it worse by never giving your body a chance to be hungry every day, the only thing that can happen is accumulation of waste in the cell and outside of the cell. The only thing that can happen is disease. That's how it works. So when we look at intermittent fasting, there is a great benefit. If you're doing 16 hours a day, there's a great potential of you giving yourself on average each week about 14 hours of healing, of self-healing. Now it's low level. It's very beginning stages of it but it's still better than nothing. And I'm gonna tell you for maintenance, it's fantastic. But what if you need more? If you need more, especially if you're thinking about, well, I gotta get into DNA repair, base excision repair, nucleotide excision repair. I gotta get into those things. Well, that's when you need a longer fast. And this is where I'd encourage you to watch the documentary, The Science of Fasting. I would encourage you to go and look up the work that Dr. Walter Longo at the University of Southern California has been doing, showing conclusively that fasting is every bit as effective as chemo when it comes to cancer and neurodegenerative diseases and cardiovascular diseases. He's got a great, great website with tons of research on it, showing how incredible this modality is. Now, how do we access it? How do we access that higher level. Well, that's where we get into peak autophagocytosis. Peak autophagocytosis, from what we know and what I've seen clinically and what I've researched, occurs typically between the 48 and 54 hour marks of fasting. Why? Because it coincides with peak ketosis. When your body starts moving over, see day for a lot of people who do three-day fasting and more, day two is usually the rough day. Because day two, your body has depleted all of the glycogen, all of the excess glucose, it's breaking things down, and now it's starting to shift into the formation of ketone bodies for energy production as a fuel source. That process, that shift from using carbohydrates and fats and things like that to ketone bodies is a little bit hard when you aren't familiar with it. And um, that's where going and learning how to fast under supervision is so important. So what we do is we take people through water fasting. I will never endorse dry fasting. Please don't even bring it up to me. It's just, I, it's not happening. Okay. It's, it's dangerous. I will not ever consider it, but water fasting, something that we've been 
told to do. Every major religion has advocated for a fasting period, right? There's a reason for that because it's every major religion is advocating for a period where you allow your body to clean itself, heal itself. And in doing so, you clean this antenna that your body really is. And it, and, and it enlightens, improves your communication with your creator, right? There's a reason Jesus was out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, all right? Fasting. There's a reason for that. Okay? It, it can enhance spiritual connectivity as well. And that's why they don't want you doing it, because this is how you get in touch with you and with God when you are clean. So when we talk about extended fasting, 72 hours or more, what we're talking about is day two is a challenge typically because you're shifting into ketosis. But when you shift into ketosis, that coincides with peak autophagocytosis. So when your body starts making ketone bodies for energy production, that's when at the cell level, when you're getting really hungry and you feel your stomach growling, and oh my God, this is so hard. This is so hard. That's when your body has shifted into peak autophagocytosis. And what's going on within the cell is exactly what we're describing. The breakdown of things that shouldn't be in the cell because they've been encapsulated in a fat bubble called an autophagosome. And now you have lysosomes, little stomach acids within the cell, merging and breaking it down. And that's why we can't have protonics and statin drugs because those interrupt that process of lysosomal activity. So far, so good, I hope. What the point is, is that deeper healing, peak healing takes courage and it takes time. It's not something that you're going to get done by just intermittent fasting every day while you keep shoving McDonald's down your gullet or something like that. It's that we need to make sure the nutrients we're putting in our body are good in therapeutic amounts and that the foods are, we're putting in our body are organic. So we're not putting more waste in, we're putting things in that the body can use when we are eating calories and that we don't need as much as we think we need. We don't need three meals a day. It's nonsense. There's no adult that needs three meals a day, unless they're a high performance athlete or a mom expecting mom or a mom who's breastfeeding Out of, outside of those situations. You do not need, if you're an adult, three meals a day, it's period. You don't need it. It leads to disease. People in this country are liter and throughout the world are literally eating themselves to death because they don't give themselves enough time each day to be hungry. And they don't give themselves a period every month to be hungry, too fast. And just say, you know what, I'm going to let my body get caught up on everything that it maybe is behind on. Okay. So when we get into peak autophagocytosis, peak autophagocytosis at the, between typically the 48 to 54 hour mark for most people, when they're fasting, it coincides with ketosis. That's why we use ketone strips and breath meters to kind of measure what's going on when a person's in ketosis. So we know, but something else is also happening that can be very, very special and that is DNA repair. DNA repair is going to occur through two processes. And this is why I get so upset when people say that you, once you've been genetically modified, you can't be unmodified. That's nonsense, absolute nonsense, garbage nonsense. The two of the four processes that the body heals its own DNA with are base excision repair, and nucleotide excision repair as the predominant ones of becoming ungenetically modified, of undoing the damage of healing the hurt. 
And what I've done, and I'll send a link to the Sedona study, to the Sedona presentation so you can watch it, uh, because we pulled, a lot, myself and Dr. Judy Mikovits, we pulled a lot of information, a lot of research, um, uh, peer-reviewed research on this process and what's going on within it. And I explain in here why DNA repair through fasting is not only possible, it's exactly what is happening. And we can even extrapolate from the research how long it takes for a person to actually get into um, enough DNA repair for, say, a severe neurologic injury. It's looking like it's going to take about uh, 400 days, you know, from our estimates. So it's not quick. Don't get me wrong, it's not quick. But it's something that if you have the skill, you can come back to the skill and you can have, live a lifestyle where you are putting nutrients in your body for maybe 11 days and then coming back and fasting for three. And that you keep repeating this process so you're giving your body enough time to heal. And you're also with your nutrients, giving your body the nutrients it needs to maintain the gains from that previous fast during uh, until you get to your next fasting period. The goal with this, folks, is really simple. One, stabilize the decline by supporting mitochondrial energy production. Two, detoxify the cellular environment and the cell itself. Three, get into the peak levels of autophagocytosis where DNA repair occurs. So it's nutrients for stage one, nutrients and some additional things that are going to help us neutralize and dissolve and bind the spike glycoprotein in stage two, and then in stage three, fasting. And that these skills can be learned and you can then employ them for your benefit and the benefit of others. That there's a definitive, definitive rationale for everything and why we do everything that we do. But healing is definitively possible the only thing that's impossible is that which someone believes is impossible. And that's why I say it's our duty to make sure we speak the truth. I hope you've enjoyed the show today, folks. So we'll do some more of these like this. I love the educational thing. We're going to have some future shows also educating on grand jury system and some updates on that coming up very, very soon. Um, but I just want to tell you, I love you. Uh, if you're out there and you're just hurting, find me. I will do everything I can to help you. And I want to say, you know, remember we have four incredible challenges right now in this time. Take no offense, speak truth, be selfless, and remain humble. May God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. We'll see you all really soon and have a beautiful, beautiful weekend wherever you may be.